As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread, who have just launched their new recipe using heart-healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at HERO.CO. That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at Hero.co. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105.3 The Fan. This is a rotational change that we would like to make. And from the 571, I understand there's going to be a lot of options here. Feel free to send in your Mavericks rotational options. Ours is probably going to be different than what most people think. From the 575, put Hardy back in the rotation, even if only for a few minutes each night. You can play Wood and Maxi all of Dwight Powell's minutes. Look, if we're planning for the playoffs, I think you find a lot of people who will support those ideals. But our rotational idea to start with, Mike, and I know you've been on this for a while, involves Luca. Yeah, I do not like that he plays the first 12 minutes of the game and the all 12 minutes of the third quarter. It it doesn't make any sense to me. And here's where I'm going to go with this. LeBron James with the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Miami Heat did not play in the regular season the first 12 minutes of the game and the first 12 minutes of the third quarter. Yeah. It is very tough to play all 12 minutes of a quarter with another quarter to go in that half and to have the energy you need. And this is the other thing, too, because I, I do think Jason Kidd is a genius basketball player, and I do think he knows a whole bunch about basketball coaching and getting the most out of his players. At times, yes, he can be questioned just like every coach. But have you ever noticed, and Derek, you get to go to these games, have you ever noticed when Luka isn't on fire uh, in a quarter, the first or third quarter, because he plays all 12 minutes, have you noticed how tired he gets and the tired shots he takes mm-hmm. late in a quarter because he's dead-ass tired? And you're just like, dude, that's not a good shot. And you're tired. We get you're tired and you don't want to go to the basket right now because you're tired. But I'm thinking there's an easy way to solve this. Stop playing him all 12 minutes of the first quarter and third quarter. Do you think that's him, though? Do you think that's Lucas saying, like, I got to be out there with my guy so I can show them I'm I'm good? Or is that just, you know, the decision from the from kid? It might. No, no. Great question. Because it might be. Here's the deal. If everybody remembers, Porzingis got really upset with Rick Carlisle and said, stop taking me out after five minutes of the game. I'm a rhythm player and I need to get into a rhythm. So Rick totally changed the rotation at that point. And he said, Luca, after five or six minutes of the first quarter, I'm going to take you out for three minutes. I'm going to bring you back in with three minutes left in the quarter because Porzingis wants to play the first nine minutes of the game. Not 12, but the first nine. Yeah. And so Rick Carlisle did it. That might have ticked off. And in fact, I do think it ticked off Luca a little bit that Porzingis won a little bit of a battle, right? They're both very young guys. Porzingis is saying, I need mine. I need, and then Luca's like, I need mine. And Porzingis said, I don't like this rotation. And Carlisle said, I'll change the rotation for you. If, it's, if you feel like it's going to make you a better player, I need you to be a better player. I'm going to change this for you. But 
the thing that we talk about, and I know we go back to baseball, but you do have two your, guys Your here. analogy about baseball actually kind of blew my mind this morning because I never thought about it from this and perspective. And most parents and coaches don't think about this that are little league or high school coaches and parents. If I throw three innings on Saturday and three innings on Sunday, they're like, well, that's six innings. You're fine. You can throw six innings on Sunday. Big deal. And like, no, no, no. Three plus three does not equal six. Yeah. That is, I mean, ve- that is very different when it comes Baseball, to pitching. Because, right, Derek, you can, if I throw three innings today, I can't throw tomorrow for the most part. Maybe in a, in a do or die situation or a big time situation, maybe I can give you an inning, but I need rest after throwing three innings where I just need to play catch and make sure that I recover so I can give you a, a, a like a day off and then I can give you an inning or two the next day. But a lot of people think, no, I mean, you got six innings this weekend, so just we're going to split them up evenly r- rather than really three plus three in that situation equals nine or ten. And when you're looking Never at, thought that. When you're looking at <laughs> six innings in one day, it's just six innings. But – this is where Luca he dies on us. If you know how horrible, I shouldn't say horrible because he's still a great player. How much does he regress in the second and fourth quarters of a lot of these games? And, the, and I think it's because of the first and third quarter. And the fourth quarter is always inherently going to feel like it stings way more. And that's one of the things people brought up about the Mavericks is they have three of the four leading quarter scores because Luca leads in the first and third and Kyrie leads in the fourth. That's for the whole season. So long before Kyrie even got to Dallas and you can't help but think, sure, that's great. He but didn't I, score last night in the fourth. Quarter. I know. And so you would gladly sacrifice a couple of those points in the first and third quarters. They could either go to someone else or quite frankly, could be loaded up from a more efficient Luca in the fourth. Yeah, I, I, with the what you were saying too with the three innings uh, yesterday, me and Delano DeShields went out and took on the North Lake Community College just to kind of get some work in, keep ourselves fresh. I went three him. innings. Uh, yeah, yes, for the most part. Yeah, they, Thanks, I mean they, North they, Lake. They, they they swung. It was good to see. Like they had a good approach. It was good. Those kids are working they hard. Gave it so their best. Um, but the the main thing, no, they did good. The main thing is though, like I said, I did throw three innings. I'm tired today. I'm I'm not going to play catch. I would not be available unless of an emergency. Same thing with Luca is he's got to be probably more vocal about it. I know it sucks. You you don't want to be that guy that says, oh, man, I need time. But we need you down the road. I'd rather have you good to go in the fourth quarter yeah. than in the third quarter for 12 minutes. And Kevin, he's not the most physically gifted player in the sure. NBA either. Hey, I, I know that we question at times his cardio and everything, but who does this? Who plays the first 12 minutes of the game and then the first 12 minutes of the third quarter. As far as I know, and I could be wrong, we could look at average minutes per quarter somewhere, but every game I go to, I went to the Milwaukee Bucks game, thanks to you, and, and You're welcome. Giannis didn't play the first 12 minutes of yeah. the first quarter. He didn't play the first 12 minutes of the third quarter. That was a great game. There's, there's, You look at every player in the NBA, and all. I don't. I think Luke is the only person that has to expend all his energy in two quarters and play all 12 minutes of it. Because well, you want to get off to a fast start, right? But that fast start can encapsulate six minutes, right? It doesn't have to always be 12. Even with the fast start, let's look at, for instance, the beginning of the season, Luka wasn't going as fast as he is now. I feel like the offense has picked up more speed ever since they get Kyrie because Kyrie is a fast-paced guy and Luka is adapting to that because I think he sees this is really working for us. Let's use it. So maybe he's getting a little more burnt out yeah. Yeah. than usual where he can come up the court slow 
you know, gather his, yeah. his breath, whatever, and then go. So I, I think that's the other thing that's a factor. I'm just shocked that this is still happening. I thought for sure. I mean, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I, I thought when they traded for Kyrie Irving that Luka would stop playing all yeah. 12 minutes of the first quarter and all 12 minutes of the third. Now, I get come playoff time because there's longer timeouts. There's never back-to-backs. I get that you're going to probably play 42 of the 48 minutes. Both guys are probably only going to sit out probably three to four minutes in the first half and two to three minutes in the second half you to, can to win. You distribute those differently, right. yeah. But in the regular season, I know we're trying to win, but I just think we're getting diminishing returns in the second quarter and fourth quarter from Luka and I don't think that it's because he's a bad clutch player. I think he's a very good clutch player. But I think when you're that fatigued, when you put on that much effort in the third quarter, you're going to hit a wall a little bit in the fourth quarter. And luckily we have Kyrie. Kyrie's been amazing, awesome fourth quarter player, and it's great that it's taking pressure off of Luka. But I'd like to see Luka with more energy in the fourth quarter than what we've been seeing. And one of the things I liked about when you brought this up is this feels like a realistic outcome. You know what I'm saying? Like when the person said, hey, let's distribute all pal minutes and split them up between like Maxie and Wood or make more room for Jaden Hardy. Like I like a lot of those ideas. I just don't think they're as probable. Whereas this feels like a something that can play out easily but it depends because Derek you asked at the beginning of the segment it depends is this a Luca idea or a kid idea because if it's a Luca idea I can see how that might be more complex to change well as an athlete you don't want to come out of a game it's sure. it's a hard thing to sit here and be like I I have to tell myself like yeah you know what I should get out but that's not how it works we're always wanting to stay in the game because one we want to show that we're capable of doing it and we're not tired we can fight through this and two it's like we think we can just do it we don't put the other stuff into perspective now here's another deal and you had this guy as a manager he's one of my good friends aj hinch and aj hinch always talked about hey sometimes we don't break the dam in the first or second inning but if we keep putting pressure on this starting pitcher if we can get his pitch count up early in the game and we keep putting pressure on it i know that dam's gonna break now this was when he was with the houston astros obviously had a great lineup and we're gonna get to this guy even if we don't get him to in the first or second inning if we make him work and we put pressure on him with runners on base so what he's saying is this and derek you can speak to this if i have to throw 36 pitches in the first inning now i can throw 100 pitches in a game but if i throw 36 pitches in the first inning and just give up one run but i get out of it with the bases loaded only one run scored sometimes my second and third inning is going to be affected by my first inning because I had to waste so much energy and there was so much pressure on me to get out of that first inning that now I'm a little bit fatigued. I'm trying not to. I'm a professional athlete, all these things, Derek. But sometimes if I have to push really hard in that first inning and extend myself more than kind of 25 pitches, all of a sudden I'll find out a little bit later in the game that wore me down. Yeah, it's more of a high intensity right there. Your first inning was very intense inning. So now we got to look, okay, your second inning, maybe it was a little bit better. Your third inning is another intense inning. Now we have to start thinking about, well, okay, he's had two very intense innings. We get to the fifth, and you could be doing just fine, but it's like, man, we get into another one of these. He's not going to be able to handle that. It's going to take a toll on him. That's why you see a lot of the guys with baseball. I know we keep coming back to it, but once they get later into that, and you've had so many stressful innings like that, it's like, all right, we can't, we cannot continue to keep doing this because he's not going to be able to get through it. And Kevin, if there were examples, if we had a lot of examples, like, yeah. hey, you know what? There's 
like Tatum plays all 12 minutes and Durant plays all 12 minutes and you just keep going down the list. John Morant plays all 12 minutes. But literally, Luke is the only dude in the whole NBA that I know of watching all these NBA games and getting to go to some of these games with you, Derek. He's the only player in the NBA that always plays the first 12 of the first, always plays the first 12 of the third. And then we see that at times he struggles in the second quarter and fourth quarter. And I'm like, if nobody else is doing it in the NBA, and this isn't the most physically yeah. fit player in yeah. the NBA, why is our guy getting pushed to this? Do you think it's because he's young and we can go ahead and, oh, he's fine. He's young. He can adapt to this versus a guy who's older that it's like, well, we got to put those rest in. I totally agree, but why doesn't Jaw do it? Correct. No, no, I'm with you. I I, I think that's some of the cases that we have as, as some of our managers that we've seen all sports, it's like, well, he's a young guy. He should be able to handle this. He should be fine. And he's showing that he's okay, but at the now, same time, he's not going to come to you and be like, hey, man, I need a minute. Right, and Jordan did handle it. Now, Jordan averaged 40 minutes a game every game for seven straight years. But look at Michael Jordan. They said, like, he couldn't get tired. Like, you you could never wear that guy out. But, Luca, we see that, look, like Jokic. Like, they would never play Jokic. Now, I know yeah. he's a little bit heavier and bigger. They would never do that yeah, to him because yeah, yeah. they know Same that thing. he would be dead in the fourth quarter. And he is carrying – I know they list him at 245, but he's probably closer to 255, 260. He is carrying quite a bit of weight for an NBA basketball player at his size. And they're, they're asking him to, I think – I'm just wondering with Jason Kidd, he's way smarter than me at basketball, but I'm just like, God, aren't they asking a guy who's a little bit heavier guy in the NBA to be doing things that are detrimental to the end of the game? Well, it's like you said, you're carrying two different loads. I mean, you're looking at Jordan, who's a specimen that was a lot thinner. Luca, nothing against him. He's a little bit thicker. He's not as in shape as Jordan. You know, that's that's a big thing. And that's why, too, like I was bringing up earlier, Luca is a guy that brings up the ball slower, and now that Kyrie's kind of convinced him and pushed him a little bit, I feel like Kyrie's got him going faster, and now he's got to get used to that. It's just like when you pitch, your body has to get used to the weight that you had before, and now all of a sudden I lost 10 pounds, and okay, well, my body's not used to this 10-pound difference, so now i got to adapt to that or the 10 pounds that I put on. It's got to get used to that, so that's the other factor. And this is another text, and I appreciate the back and forth and people pushing back if they don't like some of the ideas that we're throwing out there. I just want to make sure everyone knows the logic where we're coming from. From the 903, damn, Luke only scored 29 points. He was really worn out and struggled. But that is the macro view of the game. Just like we talk about Tim Hardaway's, people are like, oh, he's shooting 37% three-point for the year. Like, I hear you, but last six games, He's been unbelievable. 63% lights out. You look at Luka in the fourth quarter, the past two games. He didn't score at all in this fourth quarter, and he didn't take very many shots. I think he only took two or three, and he missed them both. In the Suns game, when it came down to it, he missed his last three shots in the last two minutes. So I think like that is the focus. I am i don't think anybody was putting forth the idea that, well, Luka can't do this or that. You just feel like nobody can. He, there's a better way to optimize him. But I don't like the fact, like you were just saying, somebody was like, oh, well, you still put up 30. Yeah, you can still put up points, but you can also still be tired. Sure. And maybe so you, you could have gotten 33, 35, yeah, whatever. Can, yeah. I, mean, I hate saying this, Derek, but these are people that probably never played sports. No so, comment. I know. I got a lot of couch coaches that say a lot of stuff to me on and Twitter. and stuff. I just want to say, I don't know that to be the case. Like, I'm not putting that on that person at all. I'm right, just, we're not blasting him. I want to make sure it's clear. Speaking for me, when you said the baseball thing of three plus three doesn't equal six, and then you said maybe but it's it more like eight, nine, ten. Okay, in the not in the math sense, in the innings pitch sense, I never 
would have thought about it's it so from that perspective. At the end of the day, it always comes down to the stressful innings. You can say the same thing with basketball. Those are stressful minutes that he's putting on his body. Right. It's still going to take a, a wear and tear to you. It's Those innings, when they're stressful, it makes it that much harder because you have to overthink that much more. The other thing at times is if you're watching the Mavs, I'm hoping that person who texted in is watching the Mavs play. You can tell the last two minutes of the first quarter and third quarter if Luka isn't cooking where like, dude, is he going to get 25 in this quarter? When he gets like, he averages 12 in the first quarter. That's the most in the NBA. What does he average in the third quarter? Because it's the most in the NBA. Now, nobody's playing 12 minutes on average. So he gets to play the most minutes and he's having the ball a lot. But you can usually tell if, if you haven't noticed, watch tonight and tonight might be different. He might not even play because he's dealing with an injury. But when you watch Luka... How many times does his bad shots happen the last two minutes of the first quarter and the last two minutes of the third quarter because he's tired? And he's like, I don't want to right now. I don't think people understand this either, Derek. Not that I played NBA basketball, but I understand fatigue playing professional sports against the top 0.1% in the world. Is He gets tired going to the basket. That takes a lot of energy to get by somebody physically body him, and then have somebody probably helping to then make the basket. It's very physical to do, very tiring to do. So what does Luca do? I'm tired. I'm going to take a step back three. It's almost always short. And you're like, he's tired. He's fatigued right now. And all you got to do is play him 10 minutes. Like if you just do this, here's the solution. Play him the first 10 minutes of the game, the last two minutes of the quarter, take him out. Kyrie has gotten a three, four minute rest. Bring Kyrie back in for the last two minutes of the quarter and now sit him out the first three to four minutes of the second quarter. And now he got the whole quarter timeout too right there with that. And now he plays the last eight minutes of the quarter. That's how almost every team in the history of the NBA has done it with superstar players is I want him playing the final eight minutes of the fourth quarter. With Luka, we only play him the final six minutes for the most part because we're trying to give him a rest after having to extend, expend all his energy in the third quarter. And let's not forget, too, he's still battling something. Right, he's hurt. So he's not fully healthy. Yeah, that is an interesting subtext so to all rest? of this. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. Coming up next, Spring Training Showcase, Derek Holland's Prospect Watch, plus Major League Contracted Players versus the rest. How does the spring go for them? Let's talk about it all next right here on The Fan. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105 Through the Fan. We're going to get to our spring training showcase and maybe Derek giving us some thoughts about some of these prospects and minor league, excuse me, major league work for contracted versus non-contracted players or contracted if you prefer. But first, I want to get to this is Michael Irvin in the last 30 minutes held his press conference with his attorney. There were also two of the three witnesses did some talking via Zoom. And so I'm I'm going to go to Michael Irvin. This is his statement. And then I can give you more context from the attorney, Levi McCathern. Levi said that the, you remember, is Michael Irvin signed, uh, he put forth a $100 million lawsuit for defamation. And the Marriott's like, I want you to dismiss this lawsuit. And then Michael Irvin asked for expedience and releasing the video and everything. That was the confusing part is when the Marriott was like, well, why? What's the big deal? And you're like, well, you are asking them to dismiss the lawsuit. So that's probably why he wants the footage. So the footage comes out, shows him talking for about a minute and a half in a group 
in the view of the camera, and he shakes this woman's hand and touches her elbow once, and I believe, like, they might have touched a tiny bit when they were laughing or something like that. And so they feel, obviously, as though this footage vindicates him in all rights, and here is Michael Irving, Irvin talking about it. Wait, wait, let me say this. Okay. You know, I kind of I lost it just listening to, to Phil talk because I'm struggling. This is what I struggle with. You know, you try to, and you try to be an ambassador of the league and also understand that God has blessed me and, and given me a platform and try to touch people, try to raise people, try to lift people up. I, and, and, and I don't know, I, I met a lot of fans, but I've always tried to be good with people. You know, I'm struggling now saying, do I determine, do I not talk to people? What do I do? You know, because of this kind of a situation, I know I didn't do anything wrong. I know I didn't do anything wrong, and I was trying to do everything right. So it's just, you know, though, though, though I say that, I got to come back to this moment. Had I not said to these guys, you know what, you cool guys, let's go outside and take that picture, you know, then they wouldn't have been right there with me. And that would have been a moment that I've had alone, and I know nobody's going to listen to what I say. Nobody, still, at least Mary, I don't want to hear what we have to say. Don't want to hear what I have to say. No one don't even care to share it. So, you know, I just got emotional thinking about it because I'm struggling with that on what to do moving forward after I deal with all of this. That, that's all I want to say. That is an interesting concept that I hadn't figured before is – Will this force Michael Irvin? Or I always wonder if athletes look at this in general and they're like, you might think I'm a jerk, but I'm not going to get sued. Like, I'm just not talking to anybody. I'm not taking pictures with anybody to avoid things like this. And when Michael Irvin says no one's going to take his word for it, I know he comes with a lot of baggage that has probably led to that. But it sounds like he feels vindicated, but also sad that this might change how he interacts with people going forward because he's like, I can't. Because if he's right, if there was no camera, I don't know how this would have gone. If this woman yeah. made this accusation and there's not video footage of what happened, I don't know. It stinks that I think famous people have to be like this yeah. at times. Because you're like, why won't you take a picture with me? Why won't you hang out with me? Why won't you have a drink with me? I'll buy you a drink. Yeah. And you just don't know. Because probably the intentions of the majority of people are good. But it's, you don't know who the bad people are. And they're great at fooling you. Yeah. You know? Like yeah. Right now, hey, I have a court situation right now where I'm yeah. trying to get a lot of money for a person who fooled our family. Yeah. You know? And and so it's it's tough um, with people because you're like, probably a good person, but unfortunately... You've ruined it for me forever. Because people will be like, Mike, how come you won't just send the cards in the mail or take Venmo or whatever? I'm like, no. Some people have asked me that, and I was like, that's because of the yeah. other situation. Yeah, because I'm missing like 30 Mike Trout rookie cards and 30 Luka Doncic cards and 20 Dirk Nowitzki cards because I trusted somebody. So you know, as part of the press conference, it was Michael Irvin's statement, like I said, there was two of the three known witnesses also gave statements via Zoom. And thank you very much to Michael Gelkin. This is where I saw part of this transcription, so I appreciate you very much. Is the attorney Levi McCathern described lobby surveillance video that Marriott prov provided after the court order. 
The vantage point is from behind the desk. Woman approaches, the woman in question approaches Irvin and the group. They meet behind a pole that obstructs the video, but walk to the middle of the lobby. That's another great, I guess, turn of events potentially for Michael Irvin is that this whole conversation doesn't take place behind a pillar where the video is blocked. Because again, I don't know how, you know, if people would take his word or not. After a handshake, McCatherine says they speak. He also shakes her hand at the end, touched her elbow once, and he also brushed his hand against her other elbow when laughing. She does not appear to be upset in the footage. He says conversation lasted about a minute and a half. So we will see if this is the end of it or what goes on from there. But multiple witnesses there backing up Michael Irvin's version of events. And you heard his audio right there. All right. Now let's shift to some baseball. Is Derek specifically what I was curious about? And you started to get into this a little bit in Nuggets is... What you can and can't do, or I guess focus on, if you have a contract versus if you don't in in spring training. Because, like you mentioned, Evaldi. I, I don't think there's any part of him that's like, oh, man, I need to do this or else I'm going to be out. Like, he knows he's on the team. He knows they want him in the rotation. Can you walk us through some experiences about, like, the differences between those two players in spring training? Well, I'm... I was going to do it the other way. I was going to say what oh, I've shoot. experienced just to However kind of put it that like. way. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to put the focus like that. But for me, you know, when I had my contract with the Rangers, I had more freedom to work on things. That sure. was when, you know, Maddox would come up and be like, Hey, let's try to do this. Let's try to do that. It's going to help you. Let's work on, you know, a weakness I had at the time was really pitching away. Cause I did, I pitched well inside. Like I could live inside. I know that's a scouting report. So I had more freedom to do that and not having to worry about the results. Yeah. Now, granted, yes, the media would look at it and be like, well, you know, Derek's spring training, his ERA is a 56. And it's like, who cares that it's spring training? We yeah. don't get crowned Cy Young. You don't get World Series. You don't get any of that stuff. Nobody cares. Great music. But on top of that. And so, Joey has been doing a great job. He also Except got for the first that. song. The first yeah, song he did. That's that fair. was like the show was over. But he also got us that Michael Irvin audio super quick. So job, well done. Balancing it out. But uh, what I want to say is, like, for me now, you know, I would come into spring training and I have to make the job or I have to make the team. So for me, I have to come in season form, ready to go. Whereas, you know, guys that are trying out, for instance, I'll put pressure on Dane Dunning. If he doesn't want to be in AAA, he has to come to the spring training ready to go, season yeah. form, ready to, to go and make the pitches. Glenn Otto, obviously these guys got replaced in the offseason by free agents, so now right. they are they either have to hope for injury, I know I hate saying that, hope for injury, and then they take advantage of the opportunity, or they're good enough to then have a spot in the bullpen. Correct, and that's, that's where it becomes a factor, is you have to come into season when you don't have a contract, ready to go in spring training. And that's why, too, the other thing is, I hate when people get caught up in the results of spring training. Like I just said, Nobody cares. As long as you're doing what you have to do to get yourself prepared, perfect. I'm okay with that. That's why I never get too hyped up on spring training because it doesn't really tell us anything. I mean, we went to back-to-back World Series, and we were not a good spring training team. That didn't show anybody. Nobody was looking at spring training like, oh, they're winning the World Series. I get it. You can have some hype. You can't. To me, I don't start putting all the the thought process and the pressure until opening day. That's where I can be like, okay. Or I'd say the week before because guys, like we were talking in between the show, the innings aren't up. He's not ready to go yet. So he might not be, you know, going six, seven innings right away. Let me ask you this. Does it change at all on like March 20th through 29th? Yes. You start turning it up. Now it's like, 
you know, I used that first time to get myself prepared, start using my off speed, working on that. Now we're getting closer to your innings are usually six, seven hundred. You're getting closer to 100 pitches. Now it's time to like, all right, we got to go because once opening day hits, there is no more excuses. It's go time. You got to go day one. And I know we're both not hitters, but usually hitters will tell us in the last week or so. (laughs) Right. But we're not obviously getting in 60 or 70 at bats in spring training. It's your, your opinion. No, Do I need not. to look up your not. hitting no, stats? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm pretty sure I went to your spring trainings and I didn't see Derek Holland batting third right behind <laughs> Michael Young. Yeah, backfields. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right, go ahead. But those guys will usually say they might be working on a specific thing. I'll tell you one thing David Murphy talked about working on in spring training one year. He wanted to hit with sunglasses on and feel comfortable with it because there were certain stadiums that he felt like he needed sunglasses to see the ball better during the day, but felt uncomfortable wearing sunglasses and hitting. And so he spent all of spring training. He said, every game I play in spring training, I'm going to hit with sunglasses on. Every batting practice, I'm going to hit with sunglasses on. I am going to get used to hitting with sunglasses on. Now, if David Murphy was, you know, Clint Frazier yeah, right now, you Clint Frazier cannot go not. up there and go, I'm going to try to hit with sunglasses on, even though I feel uncomfortable in them. That's a great yeah, that's point. What they, that's what they do. This is spring training is the time to prepare for the regular season. The stats don't mean anything. It's just more of like Mike just said, hey, I need to work on hitting with glasses on. Hey, I need to work on going the other way. That's one of my biggest weaknesses. Hey, I got to work on, you know, hitting runs, get the ball down rather than popping it up so much. What do you feel like the team is learning then during this time? Like, I This hear- is you're building your chemistry. This is more of we're getting okay. the guys together. We're having fun, feeling everybody's vibes and see where we're at. There might be You're some. That clubhouse. There could be some things where Bochi is looking at the back end of his um, roster, mm-hmm. where there's obviously we're talking about people competing. He might be looking at the back end of his lineup, going, "How do I want to use six, seven, eight, nine? Where do I want to? Where do I want to start Josh Young off and Mitch Garver possibly off in this lineup? And that's, those are going to be very minor adjustments. Uh, and obviously he might be looking at right now he's kind of hamstrung by the injuries on how do I want to put together my five that I feel will be best like in a three game series obviously Degrom will be your best but do I want do I want Martin Perez following him or do I want a guy like Jonathan Gray following him and then and then let's just say Evaldi or something like that so there's small things that the team is learning the other thing too is like what Chris Young said is what he's loving is is come the sixth inning when both teams put in their prospects. The Rangers are kicking the other team's butt. They are winning almost every time. Now, that doesn't really help you out on April 1st, yeah. but it starts helping you out in June and July and August and maybe in upcoming seasons that you're like, hey, these guys are beating these other guys right now. And those guys are all, they don't know any better. Like, Evan Carter ain't going up there going, you know, let me just take it. Like, he's yeah. going up there against the dude who's going to double A, too. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. and they are they are working hard right now. He's throwing his best stuff, and he's trying to have a good uh, plate approach because this is where you open eyes. You'll hear veteran guys, right? Derek, I know we're out of time here. But sometimes I love this when you'd hear this if you're a young guy or if you're a veteran guy, you try to pass this on. Hey, they noticed you today. Great job. Like, you try to pass that on as a veteran player to let those young guys know what you did today your positive stuff, I'm telling you, Maddox noticed that. Yeah, it gets noticed. It gets pushed a little bit and, you know, trying to get the guys right, make them feel comfortable, make them feel like they're a part of the team. 
Coming up next. Oh, yeah. Coming up. Do you know what's coming up no, next? No, I don't. Oh, football. come on, dude. It's football I don't have nuggets, the man. It's, it's fo- time. I sent it to you. Oh, I need to pull it's it up. It's time for Gridiron Gravy, the best and worst Cowboys free agent signings over the last five years. We'll do that next right here in the fan. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105.3 The Fan, where Mike Bassick is considering crushing the little kid card dreams of Derek Holland. We'll get to that more a little bit right. later. Mike He's been doing it. it the whole time anyway. I know. Whatever. I'm sorry, Derek. That's kind of from what's Listen, known as the junk era. by me? We have. I am. <laughs> I had to throw You're that. bigger and stronger than me. Thanks. I you played 10 plus years in the major leagues. You're fully pensioned out. You played in World Series. You could have had two wins in one World Series with a run scored. Could have been we co-MVP had MVP. with Mike yeah. Napoli. That would have been awesome for yes, you. Yes, it would have. Would have been awesome for us, too. You know, That's you my made battery me, mate, too. That was unbelievable. You made we me tear really up in a bad in way. I won't say I cried, but I did tear up in Don't a bad worry, way. Don't worry, I cried. I'll, I'll cry for you. I did. Now, I the Dallas Card Show did. is this weekend, so we're thinking That's about taking we're Derek, about. Yeah. Derek out there to hang out I will out be there. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I'm Kevin... Is taking me as his date. Okay, good. Okay. I'm sure Jess would be fine with that. Oh yeah, duh. You you let her follow you on Instagram, and she was really pumped. I followed about her that. back. Oh my gosh, she's pumped. All right, you ready to go around the entire NFL? I am ready. We're gonna talk about Baker and dip in to some gridiron gravy. Deep. And you're talking about pumped because she has a baby, and sometimes you have to pump to. <laughs> you know what? Get actually, that does fit, so that actually works as well. Have you tried it? No. Why? I just don't. I know want we're doing to. gravy, but I'm yeah, just curious. Let's just get to football nuggets, but there's no fiber in it, Derek. I've never tried it. Did so you I'd try, like to try it? it? No. Yeah. Why? A lot well, of sugar in it. Though. I'm 100 percent dry. Okay, Good you know luck. what? I want to consider. I want to continue this conversation. Maybe just not in this space. You asked if I was going to bring up Baker Mayfield. Why? What is he no, doing? I was just. I was throwing. He's free. He's going to be a backup quarterback, or he's going to get mad at Lubbock and drive to Norman, Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I saw this. You got Patrick Mahomes. I quit. Well, he didn't know how good yeah. he was going to be, but that's yeah, fair. He actually made a really good decision there. He, I was looking at this article on ESPN, and they have the best and worst free agent signings for each NFL team over the last five years. And with the idea of inclusion on this show, we'll go to the Cleveland Browns first. The best signing, Jack Conklin, the offensive tackle back in 2020, the worst signing, Austin Mr. Hooper, also in 2020, the tight end. You gave a four-year, $23 million guaranteed deal to, and he wasn't very good. Yeah, I thought he was going to be better. Well, don't worry. The Cowboys can jump on this list, too. Should have been a basketball player. That makes sense because he's a hooper. Hmm. I get yeah. it. Yeah. No, I understand. Thank you. But I'm, Is... I'm going to miss you. <laughs> Are you quitting? For the Cowboys... The best signing in the last five years is J-Ron Curse. They, Do you want to curse after Mike said that? Sometimes I want to curse at pretty much everyone who's been on this show at any point. So Are we maybe, messing you up? Maybe that's why. No, because yeah. I'm a pro. Oh, wait. He gave us Javon Curse. Mm-hmm. That's, now we have to guess the worst signing in the it's last five years? J-Ron Curse. Uh, yeah, I, I mentioned the freak. Sorry. But the worst signing. <laughs> This one, I don't know if you'll get. It's tough. Give me offense or defense. Defense. Oh, okay, never mind. I was going to say Schultz. Bigger defensive person. I don't know. I'm, I don't know. It's either. tough. 
Don Terry Poe. I would never go. They gave that. him a two year, nine million dollar deal and he got cut after seven games. <laughs> so Yeah, he wasn't good. No, he was That's tough. He was not good, was he? All right. Aaron Rodgers, you know, as much as you talked about Lamar Jackson getting a lot of headlines, yes. obviously Aaron Rodgers has been taking yeah. a lot of those headlines as well. I'd like to thank Derek Carr for signing with the Saints so we can get that story. Yes, agreed. And then so Sauce Gardner has said he will burn his cheese head if Aaron Rodgers joins the Jets. You might remember, do you remember this from, I want to say it was October is somehow he got a cheese head in the stadium and he managed to wear it while he celebrated the Jets winning. I can't remember if he like took it from a fan or they just had one on the sidelines because somebody threw it. He still got it and he said he'll burn it if Aaron Rodgers will come so play quarterback be for the melted Jets. Melted cheese head. Oh, that's right. But don't eat it. Oh. Because I don't know good. if you'll die, but I feel like you won't be doing well. Mm. So, I don't know where we're going. Okay. Yeah, neither do I. Really expected you to have something for me there. Well, we were talking about melted cheese. Yeah, right. stay on topic here, Kevin. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, Let's focused. talk about running backs. Mm. The Giants did franchise tag Saquon Barkley, which was interesting, the timing of that. They ran the Daniel Jones negotiations down to the last, I think, 30 minutes. So, the second they got that done, Saquon, you get the tag. So, same as Tony Pollard, $10.09 million for the non-exclusive franchise tag. Much easier to put a non-exclusive franchise tag on other positions besides quarterback. Because if somebody came along and said, you know what, Giants? I'll give you two first-round right. picks. You'd be like, Thumbs hell up. yeah! If somebody came along and gave the Cowboys two first-round picks for Tony Pollard, I would be like, oh my God, yes! And... That's not going to happen. For the Giants, I think it's a great decision. They're bringing back a team that made the playoffs. So I know as much as we can crap on Daniel Jones, and he's an average quarterback at best, is it was able to get them Saquon Barkley on a one-year deal. And he is a guy who at times can wreck a game for you. Where you're just like, son of a gun, Saquon Barkley, slow him down, whether it's a screen pass. You know, you get him in open space, and he can get dangerous. And so – He's a guy that gets hurt all of the time, and they only are on a one-year contract with him. 1,312 rushing yards and 10 touchdowns last year, so they feel pretty good about that. By the way, props to the 609. They did guess Don Terry Poe. They said Don Terry Poe by a mile before I gave the answer. By the way, so, one of my first well ever favorite players, my first ever was Walter Payton, but my also my uncles didn't like that I really liked Joe Morris the running back for the New York Giants back in the 80s. Little guy. Yeah, what is fascinating, you go from Walter Payton to Joe Morris. I really liked running backs back in the okay. 80s. Liked, I liked Tony Dorsett. I yeah. really liked Herschel Walker. He was probably my first favorite Dallas Cowboy was Herschel Walker. My first favorite was Emmett Smith. Oh, we get to talk to him at the Super Bowl. I know, that's cool. That's I cool. ran into him once, twice maybe. How'd it go? He fell down. Emmett can't be tackled. Oh, that makes sense. Duh. All right, sticking with running backs. He truck-sticked me. <laughs> Derek Henry. Which team, if he leaves the Titans, as has been rumored, where do you think he might end Help up? Help me out. You love doing all this stuff. If I trade for Derek Henry, how much money do I owe him in years Ooh, yeah. and stuff like that? Because that will make a big difference on how much I'm willing to give up. I do think you're trading for a guy who might be done because of the wear and tear. Now, I get that. He didn't party his butt off like Ezekiel Elliott did for seven years, so he still might have something left in the tank. But I'm just wondering if I'm a team who thinks he can put me in a certain level, what I have to owe him. 
I do believe that you would owe him. This might change your mind. It's essentially the franchise tag. It's one year, $10.5 million, and I believe you have $0 of guaranteed money. Though, again, as we've right. discussed. You'd want him for that year. Yeah, because you gave up. But, yeah, one year, $10.5 million, The Titans would have to eat the rest. I am going to be off on this. I'm okay. going to be too low on this. At most, I would give a third and maybe like a conditional six that could move to a fifth. And if you're the Titans, do you think that moves the needle for them? It matters if they're trying to lose. If I'm the Titans, yeah, I, yeah. I might try to lose every game next year so I can get Caleb Williams. That would be my plan is I'm going to try to go 0-17. Okay, yeah. But I understand that they won't do that. Uh, and so I don't think they'll just take a third round pick for Derrick Henry. But I could be wrong on that. You I, don't have any, I don't I don't really have much to say because I don't know. I don't even okay. know where you would go. That's what I was wondering. What uh-huh. teams are I'm interested? So I'm here to help you out. Thanks a lot. The top five teams of the betting odds as of yesterday. You can go ahead and cross one of those teams out because one of the teams was the Giants. Well, that's not going to work anymore. So what about top- the other New York team? Ooh. They got, well, they got, got Brees Hall coming back yeah, so okay. from injury. So I think they feel pretty good about that. The top leading team, the Buffalo Bills. It's a great choice. They they need to take some pressure off of Josh Allen. Not that Josh Allen didn't have a disappointing year, but he does not have a guy he can hand the ball off to and feel confident that he can help. What about Miami Dolphins? Miami Dolphins are second. So then it goes Ravens, Saints, and we can get into all of that, but the Bills and the Dolphins are at the top of the heap here. I, I like it the, makes sense I like for the, the Dolphins. Bills pick. Okay. The Dolphins, I understand uh, why you're doing it, but Man, when you have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, I'm not saying you should never run the ball, but you have such weapons. Just throw the two-yard routes to them and let them, you know, catch it, it for two and run it for three or run it for 43. Now, since we were talking about the Dolphins and the Titans, the Dolphins did go ahead and release Byron Jones after three years, which you can't say is surprising after he put out his statement, I can't run, I can't jump. It felt very logical that they would move on from him. And then, Jerry Jones is going to sign him for running back, it sounds like. We're not. Okay, right now, give me a percentage that Zeke is on this team next year. 33%. Okay. The only reason is because uh, Broad has talked me down from yeah. that because I'm like, Jerry's going to fart around <laughs> and give this guy like a, a discounted contract, but we're going to have to watch Zeke at $10 million. I think that's Dive fair. into the line. I would have said 30 to 35, so I'm with He's you. not bad. I shouldn't say this. I think Zeke has two more years left in the NFL Yeah, uh, as a, at best, 50-50 runner with somebody else. But really, I think what teams would probably want from him is more of like, you're going to carry the ball eight times a game and maybe help block. If I, wanna, I mean, honestly, in a perfect scenario, the Cowboys would bring him back yeah. at like a 2 to $3 million a year contract as the fullback. Even then, I don't want it. I, I honestly don't. I, I think they would do that in a heartbeat. Right. And then on the Titans front, did you see for one of their home games this year, they're going to wear throwback Houston Oilers jerseys? I just like throwback unis. Just in general. Yeah. What about those Pittsburgh Steeler prison looking no. jerseys? Those I are hate the Pittsburgh's. Okay. Period. Fair enough. So they could wear whatever they want. Oh, the Browns brought back uh, Elf from Keebler. I was going to so. say, if you said we brought back our throwbacks, uh, we've been wearing those for a while. Yeah. <laughs> the that, same uniform since Jimmy first Brown. round. Yep. 
Uh, you know what? Except off, for the helmets. Off air, I have questions for you about that particular player. And then finally, I wanted to just throw it out there is Jackson Mahomes. I don't know if you saw this. He's under investigation for two restaurant assaults where he allegedly grabbed and potentially forced himself to on to two different women. Is that Patrick's brother? Yes. Yeah, it's the only He's reason the, why it's getting headlines. Exactly. And that's the thing I hate. Like, if my brother did something, I shouldn't have. I mean, he would I never. can't sit and control him. He's a grown man. He's right. an adult. Why do I have to be held like into that? And I just told, like and Pat, you got like, a good brother, the, man. Yeah, he's great. He's dotting the eye. Gosh, darn it. Um, get some real estate from him. Yeah, if hey, if you need some real estate, give my brother a call. But the thing is, like, He'll be wearing Ohio State red. Uh, stop it, Michael. All right, what else? I, I just I just hate that 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 puts stuff on Pat, and it's like, why? Pat didn't do anything. See, Derek? I hate that. This is what you have to deal with, is Mike is going to throw these at you all the time. I know. He, he just, does it when we're on the golf course. It's ridiculous. Do you really? He yells at my I, brother. That doesn't surprise me. My brother will be playing. Lefty. He'll scream. He's always, wearing, he's always wearing O-H-I-O, Derek. If you don't know the chant, this is how it goes. I don't, want it. I don't care. Coming up I-O. next. Spring training showcase is baseball becoming more offensive, and is that what they need? 877-881-1053. We'll do it next right here on The Fan. As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread, who have just launched their new recipe using heart-healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at HERO.CO. That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at HERO.CO. 